We are the Pop Grillers, and this is the show where we drop a spoiler-free review of anything from pop culture in less time than it takes to listen to a song. So, Bomb Pops. We're back in the world. Specifically, we're in the Chronicles of Riddick. I'm not sure I'm using the right voice for this, really. I should be coming down as low as possible, grumbling and gravelly. Because, of course, this is another of Vin Diesel's franchises. According to Rotten Tomatoes, the critics absolutely eviscerated this movie. 29% overall. Audience score, though, is much higher. One of the highest disparities I've seen at 65%. Box office wise, budget is an estimated 105 million, whilst worldwide it made 115. So, certainly didn't recoup enough to cover its costs overall. It's an interesting film. Whereas Pitch Black keeps its focus narrow, as the sequel this expands out into a wider universe with grander scope and epic intentions. Its ambition is to be celebrated. Whether it achieves it is up for debate. The first act of the movie re-establishes Riddick's general badassness before providing oodles of exposition about the Borg, I mean, I mean, the Necromongers. They invade and assimilate whole planet populations to their fanatic faith. This section is a mess. It's working way too hard to link back whilst also moving forward. Following this first act, we get an hour-long mini-movie set on planet Crematoria. This prison planet is a clever creation, and it contains a compelling central set-piece, as Riddick finds and escapes with Pitch Black's grown-up Jack racing against the rising sun. Throughout, writer-director Toyhee is not shy about exhibiting his influences. There's lots of Lord of the Rings, some Star Wars and Star Trek, the lust for power machinations amongst the Necromongers is pure Shakespeare, whilst the aesthetics and hero's journey enters the Matrix territory. All of these influences are most notable during the wraparound Necromongers narrative. When on Crematoria, it's entirely inventive and its own thing, and what this does is proffer the argument that this franchise is at its best when fixated on a high concept hook and narrower focus. From this movie evidence, what needs some serious TLC a toy he's one-liners, as every attempted slam by the cast of characters are substandard and fall flat. I also noticed a weird predilection for sniffing foreplay in this film, which is on an ick par with Tarantino's foot fetish. Diesel as Dom Toretto has to be considered his signature role now. He's appeared in eight films to date as this character, but Vin as Richard B. Riddick, for me, is dynamite and when he's at his gravity best. He exudes both danger and allure, and he convinces as a Furian character born to lead in this movie. He is matched here by Alexa Davalos as Jack Kamkira, who owns the screen whenever she features, no matter who or what she's sharing it with. Between this performance and her recurring role in TV's Angel, I've always been surprised that she didn't go on to be a massive mainstream star with her own big budget franchise character to her name. In support, Thandie Newton has a ball camping up as the seductive and manipulative Dame Varco. Carl Urban is his usual charismatic self as her power-hungry husband Varco, whilst Colm Fjord does his damnedest to be taken seriously, despite a really, really, really ridiculous Lord Helmet. Meanwhile, Judi Dench just kind of pops in and out, looking displaced and confused as to why she's there and what in the Underverse is going on. I've seen this a couple of times before, but upon this watch, I was struck by how many similarities this bears to James Gunn's Guardians of the Galaxy. 
It's there in narrative beats, character presentation, and set piece design. Of course, The Guardians hooked on a feeling much more successfully than this tonal mess. What you can't deny is the ambition and scale of this chronicle, and I think it should be celebrated. No one would have thought this is where the lo-fi indie ensemble of Pitch Black was going next. Including, we have to assume, the anticipatory fans, because, you know, clearly it wasn't well received when it came out. Who knows if it had been, what would have happened to the franchise? We may have got more of Riddick as a necromancer, leading the pack. Of course, it wasn't. So instead, we had to wait nine years for the return of Riddick. Pop will have heard it. Wrongly blind. Make sure you subscribe, because you never know when we'll try to do a gravelly impression next.